Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about a topic that comes up in the news from time to time, and that is Ponzi schemes. First, what's the difference between a matrix scheme, a pyramid scheme, and a Ponzi scheme? Maybe we can explain the Ponzi scheme first. So many schemes out there, but yes, sure. Uh, A Ponzi scheme is when you ask someone for an investment and also promise a huge or a quick return on said investment. You then deliver on it by promising someone else the same thing. And what you do is that you pay off that first person with someone else's investment. The key idea here is that you're lying to investors in a company about the value of its assets and instead paying out new investors' principal while pretending it's the old investor's profits. Very interesting. Can you give us an example? Yeah, sure. So imagine you raise, let's say, $100 from 10 people, and then you also promise to double their money every single year. You start with $1,000, but after a year, you tell people you have $2,000, but you don't. You still only have that original $1,000. Now, let's say that two investors want out. So you give them $200 each because, well, if you refuse, you're busted. So now you have eight eight investors left and only $600 in your account. Mm. But you're telling them you have $1,600, right? Because you double them, double their money, even though you don't. So what what you have to do is you have to keep recruiting new investors or you'll run out of money and get found out. So basically, a Ponzi scheme can go on for a while as long as new investors keep wanting in and not that many original investors want out. I see. Well, well, we'll come back to more on Ponzi schemes, but first tell us what a pyramid scheme is. Ah, uh, yes. So a pyramid scheme here is a business model that involves recruiting members and also promising them payments or services for enrolling others into the scheme. So imagine one person recruits 10 people, and then those 10 people recruit another 10 people. The key thing here for pyramid schemes is that when the person recruits the first level of 10 people, he or she tells you that you need to invest in your future or that you have to spend money to make money. So basically, the first 10, the, the 10 first level recruits have to put up money in order to be hired. And then they do the same to the 100 second level recruits who all have to pay up with a portion making its way all the way up the chain. And that's why some multi-level marketing plans have been classified as pyramid schemes. Uh, The closer to the top of a pyramid scheme is, then the more people you have beneath you and also the more money you make because all the money that flows into the system, like I said, makes its way up the chain. Interesting in that there's no explicit lying in this situation, but it does kind of stack up and it doesn't sound very sustainable. Uh, Finally, tell us about a matrix scheme. Uh, So matrix schemes here use the same unsustainable system as a pyramid scheme, but here the participants pay to join a waiting list for a desirable product, which only a fraction of them can ever receive. So let's say you buy some overpriced thing and you get to put on a list for a price. For every 10 people who buy in, the person at the top of the list gets the price and everyone else moves up one spot. So if you think about it, no matter how many people buy in, 90% just don't get the prize. Hmm. It's interesting how in pyramid schemes and matrix schemes, they're kind of transparent, um, and it's transparent that they're unsustainable business models, uh, but the Ponzi scheme is just flat out lying. 
That's right. There, that is a kind of a unique distinction. Uh, the Ponzi schemes are definitely fraud, while the pyramid and matrix schemes can be out there in the open with just kind of different guises. Okay, so let's go back to the Ponzi scheme then. Why is it called a Ponzi scheme? Ah, like every uh, good scheme is named after someone. Uh, in this case, Charles Ponzi, who was an Italian swindler and con artist who became known in the early 1920s as a swindler in North America for his money-making schemes. He would promise clients a 50% profit within 45 days or something like 100% profit within 90 days. Uh, when you asked him, like, how is he doing this? He said he was buying discounted postal reply coupons in other countries and redeeming them at face value in the United States as some form of arbitrage. But, you know, in reality, Ponzi here was paying the early investors using the investments from the later newer investors, just like we described. Hmm, he wasn't the first to do this though, right? No, he was not the first to, you know, invent this fraudulent investment scheme, but it became so identified with him that it now is referred to as a Ponzi scheme. His particular scheme ran for over a year before it collapsed, costing his quote-unquote investors $20 million. And there's another interesting factoid here about Charles Ponzi. Before he was caught, Charles Ponzi successfully sued a newspaper for libel and won $500,000 in damages after it suggested there was no way Ponzi could ever legally deliver such high returns in such a short period of time. Interesting. Now, he wasn't the first and he wasn't the last either. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's quite well known that after his uh, presidency, President Ulysses Grant lost nearly every cent in a Ponzi scheme. Shortly after, he was diagnosed with terminal throat cancer too. Pushing through the pain and with the help of Mark Twain, Grant penned his autobiography in order to leave his wife with at least some semblance of financial security. That's right. Now, there were other famous people who have run Ponzi schemes as well. We should talk about a few. Well, yes, there's uh, Lou Pearlman, a music producer and con man who managed both the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Apparently, he defrauded both bands out of millions of dollars. And then he went on to run one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in history, leaving more than $300 million in debts to investors. And then, of course, there's Bernie Madoff. We can't finish the episode without at least mentioning him. Yes, definitely. That's one of the largest and most recent high-profile ones. Did you know that one of Madoff's Ponzi scheme victims was also a professor that actually wrote a book on gullibility and scams? Wow, the irony. Yes, yes. There was a professor named Stephen Greenspan who ironically wrote a book called uh, The Annals of Gullibility with the subtitle, Why We Get Duped and How to Avoid It. Ah, unfortunately, he had invested a third of his retirement savings with Bernard Madoff. Oh dear. Well, at least now we know more about Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, and matrix schemes. So thank you for that. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have suggestions and comments. And if you have time, uh, do leave us a review. It helps other people to get to know the podcast and to discover us. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.